Welcome to Plowing Forward. This is Chet Mazlumin for the Lands at Hillside Farms. And today's guest is Andy Lockney. And Andy is really a special guest because he was part of the original team on the Lands at Hillside Farms. And what I know about Andy is that he's extremely smart. And I would call him eccentric. Maybe he wouldn't call himself that. And he took a path that most would have guessed he wouldn't have. And the path was agriculture. So he followed this dream and this passion of agriculture. What am I missing here, Andy? This That is your path, right? I mean, you yeah, could have done I, anything. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and thanks so much for having me on, Chet. Um, it's just great to, great to be talking with you again. Yeah, I, I really... Um... I got bit by the bug. You know, I came to work at Hillside one summer and for me it started before the lands was even incorporated and it was I was just scooping scooping ice cream at the dairy counter there. And then slowly as that transition happened, I had a chance to get more involved with some of the the farm aspect and that growing scene, in particular the education. And that's really, you know, where I really uh, cut my teeth there. And yeah, so I, you know, it's kind of just one of those things where one thing led to another. It just really spoke to me. I have that connection with the earth and also the opportunity to be with kids on a daily basis, you know, in terms of the lands to, to be part of something new that was really just starting up. It was, it was a really exciting time for me. Yeah. And so we could go in so many directions with your story, but we're going to stick with the business that you have started in the end of all this. But a huge piece of this is where do you get somebody, you know, the whole young farmers thing, because without agriculture, we don't eat, right? We don't have many, many products. And you're one of those rare people that did this, but let's get into your company. So your company's Bravo Botanicals. Tell me about it. What is it? Yeah, so at Bravo Botanicals, we are focused on crafting organic, you know, I would say beyond organic, you know, super high quality CBD offerings for the wellness marketplace. Uh, my my focus is really uh, with the cannabis plant and, and the growing strategies. And so we employ regenerative agriculture strategies with an emphasis on soil health and soil biology. My belief is that you know, the plants are very intelligent, especially uh, the cannabis plant, which it really appears that humans co-evolved with this plant because, you know, we do have receptors in our body that receive these cannabinoids and our bodies will naturally produce cannabinoids also. And so I'm really just interested in that nexus between how a healthy, robust soil can and create a healthy plant and then how when we harvest that plant and we're obtaining these um you know, whatever it is, if it's a food, you know, the nutrients or the minerals, whatever is present in there, how that can really lead to um, profound health impact on, on our bodies. And so, yeah, it was another one of these things that kind of happened by, you know, by happenstance. I had uh, started a farm here in uh, Guilford, Vermont with my partner, Hannah, and we were growing mostly vegetables. And it's a pretty saturated organic vegetable market here. And for a small scale farm like us, it, you know, we we're really looking for a niche. And my partner, Hannah, wound up settling on flowers. And I, through my business partner, found found hemp. That's kind of how things got started. And, and we've just been rolling ever since. And, you know, when I started, I wanted to prepare, obviously, uh, to speak to you because there's a lot of science behind this. And, you know, I don't know if you know, I have a background in molecular biology. And so when I started reading about these receptors I and, and the existence of these receptors and the millennium of, of use of this product, it is hard to argue that there's not some kind of, you know, synchronous um, use. You, you have, I mean, we literally have the receptors. Our bodies, to some extent, make some of this naturally but at varying levels. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say that it's not a natural thing. Um, let's go Let's go through your habits, the way you grow. Some of the things I thought were interesting. First of all, how many acres or is it how many square feet of this are you yeah, growing? Yeah, right. right. We're, we're really a small scale in terms of the, um, the general trends that we have seen. Um, we grow about half an acre and that's 500 plants 
it results in anywhere from, you know, 250 to 350 pounds of dried material once all is said and done. And at our scale, that will last us through through a year until the next growing season. And let me ask you a blunt question. So I hear all the sustainability pouring out of you, um, regeneration, the soil and all of this, right? The use of the plant. Is this economically sustainable at this scale for a family? It is. Yeah. You're surviving, uh, right? Yeah. 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 We're surviving. You know, it, it's been a little rocky over the past couple of years. We, we were heavily into the, we were really leaning on wholesale markets, you know, retail stores. That was a huge part of our sales, you know, probably 85% and then probably we're doing about 15% online. And then, um, COVID kind of flipped that model really in the opposite direction. You know, we saw our wholesale numbers go down and, um, our online sales went, went up dramatically. We're not moving as much volume, but our, our margin is higher since it's direct to customers. And so that flip has kind of, um, we've been able to maintain. Yeah. We're just hoping that just continue to grow really organically. You know, we, it's really a two person operation. We do very light marketing. We really rely a lot on word of mouth. Yeah. It's, it's been really, um, really great so far. And I think, you know, we, we witnessed kind of a whole cycle in this, this hemp market. You know, we saw it go f- into a mania phase where everybody and their grandmother was growing hemp and growing like hundreds of acres. And then when harvest came that year, I, I would say that was, um, 2018, maybe, um, or maybe 2019. There was just no, there was no outlet for that much plant material. There was really a bottleneck at the processing stage. And so since then, applications through our state, at least, and I think the general trend in the country has been consolidation phase where like a lot of these companies have gone out of business. And so really, at this point, we're grateful that we've been able to hang around and we're ready for for the next leg up. Yeah. So so it's leveling. And I actually wanted to bring that up. So if I go back two or three years, right, no matter what ailment I have, I could be well, we know I am right. I'm crazy. I have anxiety. If you have cancer, if you're going to die tomorrow from whatever, no matter what, if you took this stuff, you were going to be cured, right? Like temper that mania. What is the real, like, what, what does this really do for people? Oh, that's great. No, I, I do think that there, there was a total mania about that, that it was going to cure everything. And you it was insane. It, and you saw it in every gas station and it was, you know, I mean, I don't and, know. People and who know where it was from, how it exa- was extracted, exactly. if it was even in there. Right. Exactly. Totally. Right. No, very little regulation. And, you know, so I welcome some sort of transparency and regulation so long as it doesn't become onerous. And our MO has been to post our lab results so people can look at the expiration date on their bottle and that references a lab report on our webpage and they can see exactly what the cannabinoid content is and, and the tests that it's been through. But what I would say as far as why people say it's good for everything is because I consider it an adaptogen. You know, it's one of these one of these materials that when it enters your body and plugs into the receptors, it kind of like takes a role as the driver and it's able, you know, you, you probably know more about this as a molecular, with the molecular biology background, but it kind of, um, yeah, I think of it as the driver and it gets in there and it, and it kind of sees, all right, well, this thing, you know, maybe this neurotransmitter needs to be dialed up a little bit. Maybe this one needs to be taken down a little bit. And so it's really um, interacting very dynamically with each individual's body. And that's why I think you'll also hear people have wildly different experiences with it. You know, one person might say it cures everything and another person says it just really doesn't do anything. I think one of the great things about it is that it's a very, um, it feels like a very safe supplement to, to kind of experiment with on your own. If you start with a small dose and you can kind of Mod- modified from there and see how it works. And, you know, some people have a lot of 
great results with a homeopathic dose, you know, like really just a, a couple of drops to prime their system. And other people will load up that dropper with a couple of big squirts and really just kind of settle into a really relaxed place. And my sense is that as it does kind of modulate your, your nervous system, that all other bodily functions start to benefit from that. And so if you're taking it before bed for sleep and you get a rest, you know, more restful night of sleep, then your immune system is going to be stronger and you're going to be able to, to have a better response should you encounter some sort of pathogen. And so I think there is this kind of cascading health effect. And so it really, you know, the more I've learned about it, it really does just seem like a, a miracle plant. Has it helped you personally? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I primarily have used it for sleep, even have done some sleep tracking and found that it helped me get a, a deeper sleep. I've kind of since like scaled back a little bit. I'm a really big proponent of cycling anything supplements, you know, like that it's really good to give your body a chance off of things for a while and then come back to it and see, you know, how your biology might have changed. So that, that's been my primary thing. And then also, um, you know, we had been doing some farmer's markets for a while and I'd, I'd put a squirt in my coffee and blend that up. It's really nice for uh, social, you know, social situations if you tend to be, you know, kind of a more anxious person. And so I've, I've used it for those things personally. So you, you could cure me? I mean, massive social anxiety. I don't know if I can cure you, but I I mean, there, there's but some magic in the plants there, Chad. That's what magic I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if I go to a huge social gathering, if I have to speak or something, yeah. I'm like, I'm like digging for a pill. I'm, I'm going to say it right out. Right. He's right. like, I have this huge social judgment anxiety. I wish yeah. I did. And I know it's irrational, but it exists. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'll try your stuff. I, and I mean it. As an yeah. experiment um, to see what happens. I was reading this uh, study on CBD. It was really interesting and which from a purely scientific perspective brought me into um, believing in its effects. Well, there's first of all, there's two groups of people. There's people that make cannabinoids on their own. And so they're generally people that aren't going to have as much anxiety. Um, as much inflammation or as much pain. And then there's this whole other group, which is most of us that don't have that high level because that's a mutation, right? And and the experiment went like this. They, a placebo was given 150. And I don't know if the dosage is in milligrams or micrograms. Uh, you, you know, maybe you do. Um, 100, 150, that would, 150 milligrams is a really, that's a solid healthy dose, you know? Okay. So they we, we recommend a start. Yeah. We recommend a starting dose of like, you know, 10 milligrams just to see, but then, you know, I, I've taken that many for sure and have felt very, very relaxed, you know? Well, that's, so that's where this was. This was people that yeah. were about to do public speaking. Uh-huh. So they did one, they did placebo 150, uh, 300 and 600. And it was really interesting. And this would, it shows you, um, how things work, but at 600 people felt worse. Mm-hmm. They felt worse at 150. Not much. Um, at at zero, they didn't feel any better. And at 300 in this group, you can look it up. I can't remember the study now. At 300, though, which seems so. So this is about dosing now. Nearly the entire group had less anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you know there is something about dosing, and I think you were headed there. You sort of start out slow and try to find your comfort zone um, because you don't know how you're programmed genetically, etc. But when you read about this. Pain, inflammation, anxiety, heart health, you know, I mean, it stops inflammation or reduces inflammation. That's everything. I mean, inflammation's everything. Everything. Diabetes, pains, heart disease. It's inflammation's the devil, right? So, I mean, it's almost like, is it like an antioxidant, but it's not? I mean, what is this doing in there? Is it serving as a neurotransmitter and taking up receptors or is it guiding neurotransmitters? Or don't we know? Well, I think, you know, from my understanding is that it plugs into these receptors, CB, CB1 and CB2. I think one of them is in um, uh, your central nervous system, um, like in your brain. And I think then there are some in the periphery also. Um, 
you know, I can't speak too, too scientifically to that. But, I, you know, I think one thing that to keep in mind also is that, you know, in particular, the oils that we produce from the plant are, are called a full spectrum oil. And so while we're growing CBD dominant cultivars, which are shown to have all these incredible benefits, there are, are also, um, you know, trace amounts of other cannabinoids, including, you know, trace amounts of THC, um, CBN, which is showing a lot of good results with sleep, uh, CBG, which is showing, all, um, you know, some potential with nerve pain. And so I think what we're seeing is that the, um, the cannabis plant is really becoming this veritable medicine cabinet with all these different cannabinoids. And, and the science is really in, in these very nascent stages. You know, obviously, most people know about THC, and then CBD was kind of the other big one that came to market. But really, there are all these other cannabinoids in there and the way that we produce our oil um, maintains that. So you might get some products and especially like in a gas station or something where it was like um, created from an isolate. So this is where the, you know, the, the plant material goes through this like really harsh process to create like a CBD powder, you know? And so I think just like there's an emphasis on eating whole foods and a well-rounded diet, you really want your cannabis products to exhibit that full spectrum as they would. It's close to the source and it's really how the plant expresses naturally. And there are ways to manipulate that in the laboratory. We try to not do too much of that. Uh, one thing in our extraction process is we kind of, once there is a point when more THC starts coming out of the plant and at that point we kind of stop the process so that we can um, preserve, uh, you know, just so we can fall within the legal limits. Yeah. I, I, you know, along those lines, I feel like the more we, we manipulate and try to make higher concentrations that are unnatural and et cetera. Like, even if you look at, I, I mean, I'm not a marijuana user. I know people who are. And over time, you know, they've gone from feeling better to being paranoid because mm -hmm. everything's getting jacked up. And, you know, there's a lot of designer plants out there. And I, I can imagine the same thing can happen in your industry. And the closer we are to nature, I, you know, especially if we already have the receptors. I mean, we belong with this. We have to belong with this if we if we have receptors for it, right? I mean, yeah. We've been exposed to this for a very long time. So you got in. A, you said the word extraction. So I'm going to get you. Um, so you use like a CO2. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Extraction. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, are we able to go down this road? Yeah, I could I talk very versus, very versus organic solvents and, and and all this because even when we make ice cream here at Hillside Farms, you buy vanilla, right? Well, if mm -hmm. I buy extract it with alcohol vanilla, it's eighty dollars a gallon. If I buy the real thing, and we do, it's mm -hmm. six hundred dollars a gallon. Mm -hmm. There's a yes. huge quality difference from from a solvent extraction and not. So, what is it that you guys are doing? Yeah, so we're we are doing a CO two extraction, <clears throat> which is um you know more accurately classified as subcritical. And so what happens in our process, you know, we, we take our, we don't do that in-house. We take that to an extractor up in Burlington, Vermont, uh, Korea Botanicals, and they do a subcritical CO2 extraction where, you know, essentially they take our plant material, they grind it up, they decarboxylate it, which is what activates the CBD before it's, before it, which is just a heating process, basically. Before that, it's CBDA and its natural form of the plant and then heating it removes the carboxyl acidic group. So it turns it from CBDA to CBD. Um, then they pack that into this uh, chamber and the CO2 winds up being manipulated into this kind of in-between liquid and gas phase. And it kind of filters over the, the plant material. And on the way through, it pulls out all the oils and leaves all the plant material behind. And then at the end of that process, you have a liquid and the CO2 can be uh, turned back into a gas. And so you're left with just what we find to be the, the cleanest, purest oil. 
Now there is like a heavy scientific part to that process. And so we're actually, we're just getting into experimentations also with a cold press. And that's something that we will be able to do in house. And so that's something that looks like a big- um, Olives. Exactly. You're doing, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It looks like it looks like a big industrial juicer. It's a screw press, and you should, same thing. We shred up the material. We put it in this hopper with some um, shredded coconut just to lubricate the gears, and it basically just under immense pressure will squeeze out all these oils instead. Now that's a very different product than what we currently have offering. Stuff that we're, we're that's available right now. The CO two extracted oil is um, like a this amber color. It's very clear and very pure. The cold press extraction comes out more like bitters um it's got the chlorophyll in there it's a really dark green but again we're just starting to learn about cbda and that there is a potential to preserving the acidic form of cbd that might act more like an nsaid you know a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug so that's something that's just on our horizon as far as extraction well that's amazing so that's something you think you're going to do yeah, we have we actually have the um, we have the cold press machine, and we've just been wrapped up with harvest and kind of buttoning things up there. And now, as we move into the winter, we're going to be um, doing some more experimentation with that. I personally like that because now you're getting even closer to just you know mm-hmm. the the uh, authenticity of the plant. So so now we have an end set. And see, so it, it does fix yeah. everything. I always, right? Yeah. And right. It, it's funny. It's reminding me there's this uh, pool chemical. Like, if you can't, like, if you have algae, if it's too acidic, if it's too basic, if it's cloudy, <laughs> there's this stuff. Nobody knows what's in it, but it's called no more problems, right? My brother in law <laughs> uses it. He goes, Did you ever use no more problems? No, I don't even know what it is. I put it in my pool and I literally have no more problems. So, <laughs> so that's, that's what this, this is. You should have the no more problems yeah. line once you do the yeah. cold press. Yeah. Like, Everything's I think maybe, can we just can we just put some of that stuff in a crop duster and just spray yeah, yeah. everything? Yeah. Oh no, we love spraying everything, right? With chemicals. So, so that's beautiful. So, so I want to get a little into you actually being in the field, and yeah. I, you know, I care, I, I care about you too. You're from Hillside. You're a local guy, even though you live in Vermont. You're from here, and uh, we we're going to uh, finally after two years of like. Uh, of emails be offering your stuff. And this is not an infomercial but for you. We plan this and this because we're proud to think that we were some part of your path and um, we love you. And so you're out there and I, I just the, the mechanics in the field, like you're putting this plant in the ground. And then I see the words on your website, companion plants, you know, is yeah. this so they don't feel lonely. Like what's going on here? Is there, there is there symbiosis here? What, what's going on in the field? Yeah, so so in the field, so let me I'll just take you through that whole process really quickly. You know, so when we when we first broke in the land there, you know, and, and no offense to the the title of this podcast, this plowing, you know, because certainly there are there is a place. We don't where, plow either. So <laughs> it's just like a, it's a pun. Listen, we do not plow. You know we don't plow here. It doesn't happen. I know. It should be it should be uh, something else forward. But <laughs> but 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 there there, there is I, I think like you know plowing can, can can be demonized too you know and i think there is a place for it as like a disruption here and there you know and then the, the sure, question is like what what happens after the disruption and really the, the problem with plowing becomes the insult year after year after year to the soil and that's that's what the problem is but, but anyway we, yeah, we yeah. wanted to we wanted to avoid the plowing at all and so um we just came through with with a broad fork 
And which, if you're not familiar with that, it's a, basically looks like a giant fork with these really heavy duty tines. You know, it's got like four or five, you know, 14 inch cast iron tines. Okay. And so we just started with that and started like stick that into the soil. You lean back on it and you're kind of just like fluffing up the soil, like letting some air and water penetration in there. And then we have used landscape fabric has actually been a big part of our strategy. And so that's where we kind of make a little compromise. You know, we don't want to use the single use plastics in the landscape fabric. We can reuse that year after year, but it does a tremendous job at weed suppression. And it's, you know, it's similar to how ideally what we would have done is like spread a silage tarp over the field for a few months. And then that would have killed all the vegetation. Then we could sure. have started with the broad fork. But instead so we did a broad forking, put the, the landscape fabric down that allowed like kind of all the vegetation in there to break down. And then I guess as far as like us starting the seeds, we use soil blocks. And so we're we're trying to move away from, you know, just any sort of, we're always trying to move in the direction. Of no, using. yeah. Single use plastic is ridiculous and we have to try to avoid it. Yeah. Especially, um, especially with plants. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But these, the soil blockers are great because that basically takes, you know, it's like a mold and you can pack your, your moist soil mix in there and then press this lever and it ejects out these nice blocks and then you just drop your seed right in there. And what's great about those is that, you know, anybody who's ever, you know, bought some plants from the roots, nursery or the roots, yeah, the roots, <clears throat> the roots when yeah. they, when they, when they hit the, the side of that, they just wind up spiraling around and around and, and choking a plant when they're in plastic. The beauty with these soil blocks is that it um, does something called air pruning. And so basically the roots hit the edge of the, the growing medium, they encounter air and they're like, they realize that there's nowhere else for them to go. And so they'll just stop. They go into this state of arrest until they get plugged into the earth and then they'll just take off again. And the, the way that these plants take off from the soil blocks, once they're plugged into the earth, it is just, it's phenomenal. You know, a lot of times if you have a root bound plant, there's kind of a, you know, a longer acclimation phase yeah, where they're cutting to, the roots off and you're right. The whole thing. Um, and so that's a, that's a big thing. And so, so we start off with these little soil blocks. We pot them up once the bigger soil blocks and we just are amazed. Like within, within four or five weeks, they are, they're a couple feet tall already. And that's another one of the, uh, you know, anybody who's interested in maybe he's not a green thumb and looking for a positive growing experience, I would highly recommend getting your hands on some hemp seeds because they grow fast. They're very forgiving. Certainly they respond well to the extra attention, things like panion plantings that you're talking about, but they, they will make you feel good about growing i think and, and that's you know, one is of it choice. legal i mean you know i mean a couple of years ago yeah it's, it's kind of by a state by state basis right now you know i know like the cbd is legal federally below a certain threshold but there's been yes. a lot of the, the the whole industry has been confusing um state by state and you know different thresholds and there there really is no uniform you there's know. no uniform code nationally right. so so that would be something that you know people need to look into to state by state and jurisdiction by jurisdiction. And yeah, as far as the, the, so, you know, so we plant there out in the field and we're in an incredible little valley here in Southern Vermont and we get really incredible sun. The One of the things I'm most excited about is that we actually, when, when we do need to water the plants, they're watered by a spring that's gravity fed from up on the hill. So- No, oh, you um, got a nice piece of land there. Uh, it's 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 beautiful. It's actually a far enough drop to give us enough psi to run like three or four overhead sprinklers. That's incredible. Is, it's really it's really amazing. When when I see that happen, I, I'm just 
I'm blown away. And there's something about the spring water too that I feel like because it's like they're sending sending it out there. Like it's like, please take this. This is the stuff that's ready to go. You know? Yeah. Um, nice, clean, cool water. Yeah. So so that's like that's our water source. You know. But I will say that um, you know between our soil strategies and the landscape fabric is that we really we really don't need to do much. Like and and that's the the beauty of really treating your soil well is that in times of drought provides the the water that's needed. You know, because it retains it retains water better and moisture. And then in times of heavy rain, it seems, you know, we, we have a nice little gentle slope too, where the water is able to drain away, but it also seems to, to, to mitigate that too. So it's really, I can't say enough about, um, you know, just, just the soil and how important that is for, for the whole. It's really everything. Yeah. I've had a couple of guests and we've argued what's more important, soil or water. But I mean, I know it's all important, but soil is such a huge thing. Filtration, erosion, carbon uptake, all of it, right? And your plants, if they're growing wild like that, are definitely putting carbon in the soil. Oh, um, totally. Uh, and, and, feel- and, and, and yeah, so let me just say, yeah, the, the, that's another great thing about the hemp is it's such a, um, a powerful plant. It grows so fast that it's really pulling a ton of carbon out um of the soil every every year and and especially the fact that we're not we're not tilling and disrupting it that we really w- without performing a, a you know real true analysis my sense is that we're, we're sinking carbon into the soil where definitely <laughs> not not that we like the model but you know these uh, 10 square mile cornfields in the midwest mm-hmm. you could see the carbon like this i, I don't know if you've ever looked sure you can just it just pulls the carbon in but now they cut it and it's a bunch of dirt and it's over right so like it doesn't continue on it just is over but i feel like you're avoiding the companion plant thing because i want to know what the companion plan is i don't know why you're avoiding it okay. i don't know if it's like opioids or something but what is the companion plant or is it like a dandelion what does this mean and is it yeah. is it emotional for the plants well for, for so i mean i guess <laughs> yeah, so we, we did we put some some um some raised beds in between some of the rows or kind of running perpendicular to some of our rows. And, um, you know, I can give you some, some photos of all these things too. And maybe we can, you know, if, if this winds up being a video version, we could throw some of those photos in there, right. uh, but really, really, you know, some, some, uh, extra pollinator support is, is really the main thing. Okay. And also there's, I think, an aesthetic thing that we're not, not that we're a monocrop by any extent of the imagination, given the fact that it's a half an acre. You it's know a half I mean? acre. You're not a monoculture. Right. Right. But we're still, yeah. e- even within that half an acre, you know, just trying to break up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really p- makes it pleasing to, to walk around in, you know, and, and this year we did try growing some, some black cumin. I, I'm really big on this uh, black seed oil as a, like a uh, immune support. And so we tried growing some some of those in some of the raised beds this year with the thought of maybe expressing the oil out of the seeds. But I plants were tiny, so really I learned that you know we need to like really broadcast a bunch of seeds and really have a, a fill some of these beds up, and then maybe we'll get a teaspoon of oil from like right. from, a, from like a thousand plants or something. The same thing with the you know with when you talk about the vanilla extraction. You know you don't realize how much it really takes to get yeah right to get the materials. To, you have to like uh, clear cut Madagascar, and then you have it. Right. Um, Okay, so listen, so we're running out of time. So let mm-hmm. me say this. We really are. Seriously, I am proud that you were an employee here and that you're the start a part of the start of Hillside and that you went in this way and you told us you were gonna go homestead. And I remember you talking about composting toilets and you know, you're gonna live in a jungle on a Volkswagen bus or something like this. And <laughs> don't tell me I'm wrong. I'm right. Because you said these things. 
And now you're supporting your family off a half acre and you're doing it in a sustainable way and offering people a product that really could help them. And we're just really proud of you. And when when we're done here and when the first shipment of this comes to Hillside, I'm going to try it and we'll see if I'm still have anxiety and social craziness. I'm going to try it at different levels and I'm going to report back to you. All right. Good. Yeah. And, you know, another another strategy there is like when, you, when you're going to go give this this speech uh, to these people is make sure they all get some, too. Yeah, well, yeah, we, they're, they're, they're good. They're yeah. good. And they won't realize I'm nuts. Right. So that's right. another thing. Like, hey, and you yeah. just kind of you, you yeah. take that energy in the whole yeah. room down a couple notches. You know? It's like one think, of those. Yeah. If everybody's naked, I'm OK. Right. Type of thing. Exactly. So, right. right. <laughs> so well, th- thank you for your time. And. We really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, Bravo Botanicals. Again, very proud of you. So cool. So cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks so Have much. It's really, really a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been wonderful. And I really, um, I really do put a lot of my, my time at Hillside was, was so formative for me. And uh, I'm just happy to continue it on. And yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you.